Nutrition is remarkable in its ability to have people with completely opposite views saying they have science to support completely opposite views. Frustrating, isn't it? What are we supposed to believe? Welcome to Dynamism Biohacker. My name is Dr. Matt Hammett, wellness and nutrition expert, lifestyle trainer, and movement enthusiast. And each week, I'm going to share with you how to make the right nutritious choices despite conflicting expert opinions, where I help you to discover how to unlock your inner aborigine or your inner greatness. Thank you for spending this time with me today. So let's get into the training. My approach to the fish oils buyer's guide. And sorry guys, no long one. It was unavoidable though because I really did want to make this a, a definitive guide. A guide that covers all or at least most of the relevant issues involving with choosing a good fish oil. So here's a summary for the time challenge, right? There are seven important factors to consider when you're choosing a fish oil. Purity, freshness, potency, nutrients, bioavailability, sustainability, and cost. Now, not all fish oils are created equal. It's essential to do your homework and make an informed choice. Many fish oils are oxidized or made with poor quality ingredients and may actually cause health problems instead of solving them. I'm going to cover those. Dynamism is the enthusiastic quality or charism that dynamic people possess that characterizes them by their vigorous action and progress. They step outside that it's genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach into what I call true health. This is the health class your doctor doesn't know, the wellness prevention and health promotion solution, how to get and stay well for a lifetime. That's dynamism. Now, the potency of various products depends upon not only upon the levels of EPA and DHA, but also upon the molecular structure of the fats in the oil, which in turn affects absorption. This is a very important science to understand that most experts simply don't understand. Natural fish oils are always better absorbed than purified fish oils. There are claims that preliminary evidence suggests that krill oil may be better absorbed than fish oil. Oh, just wait till I get to that. <laughs> and anecdotal reports indicate that krill oil may be more effective for some than fish oil for reducing inflammation in some people. Again, I'm going fast, sorry, but I'm going to clarify what I mean by preliminary and anecdotal reports later on. Many fish oils are made from fish that are endangered. So you want to choose products made from fish that are certified by organizations such as the Marine Stewardship Council. And I'm going to make some assumptions before I begin this video. I assume that you understand the importance of reducing consumption of omega-6 fats. And that you understand all humans require omega-3 in order to support our overall health. Yes, I understand some supplements in order to treat disease. But that is not the sole reason you are taking omega-3 supplements. You are taking it because it is required in healthy biosynthesis and is deficient in our food products. I also assume that you know that the concerns about the safety of fish consumption have been overblown due to marketing by competing interests and that eating fish regularly is not only safe, but incredibly beneficial. In this video, I'm going to take a closer look at fish oil. Fish oil has become widely popular these days. and Most people who are at least relatively health conscious understand that they need omega-3 in their diet. And 
<laughs> probably not getting enough from the food unless you're eating a lot of fish. So healthcare practitioners have caught on too. And I constantly hear both from conventional and alternative practitioners telling their patients to take fish oil. In fact, I was listening to a podcast just last week by one popular health and fitness girl in the uh, paleo primal world. And he advises his clients to take up to 20 grams of fish oil a day. And that made me cringe. Why? Because what most people, including healthcare practitioners, don't seem to understand is that not all fish oils are created alike. There's a tremendous difference in the ingredients, the purity, the freshness, and the therapeutic benefit of the fish oils available today. The supplement industry is rife with false claims and unsavory companies that are far more interested in profiting on the fish oil craze than they are in your health and well-being. So recommending that people take up to 20 grams a day of fish oil without conveying the importance of choosing a high-quality fish oil and teaching them how to do that is irresponsible and possibly dangerous. Look, taking 20 grams a day of poor-quality oxidized fish oil could increase oxidative damage and inflammation, which of course is exactly the opposite of the desired effect. So stay tuned. I'm going to focus more on dispelling some of the common misconceptions about fish oil and helping you to choose the best product for your needs. Some factors to consider when buying fish oil. There are seven primary variables to be aware of when shopping for a fish oil. Number one is purity. The oil must meet international standards for heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, and other contaminants. Many do not even when they claim they do. We'll talk about that. Number two, freshness. Omega-3 oils are susceptible to oxidation, which makes them rancid. Rancid oils are pro-inflammatory and contribute to the diseases you're trying to relieve or prevent by taking fish oil in the first place. We'll talk about that. Number three, potency. In order to have the desired anti-inflammatory effect, fish oil must contain an adequate amount of the long-chain omega-3 derivatives, EPA and DHA. DHA is equally important. Number four, nutrients. All fish oils contain some amount of EPA and DHA. But the cod liver oil, the liver oils, the cods, the skate, the sharks, they contain naturally occurring fat-soluble vitamins that are difficult to obtain from foods. Five, the bioavailability. The ability to absorb the beneficial components of fish oil based on the molecular shape of the fatty acids. The more natural the structure, the better. And six, sustainability. The fish should be harvested in a sustainable manner and species that are under threat should be avoided. And I can't wait to dive into that one too. Finally, number seven, we've got cost. And the product must be relatively affordable to be practical for most people. Okay, let's start with purity. Many species of fish are known to concentrate toxic chemicals like heavy metals, PCBs, and dioxins, which can cause serious diseases, especially children and developing fetuses. Now, I will say these chemicals are typically not a concern when eating whole fish, because fish also contain selenium. Selenium binds to mercury and makes it unavailable to tissues. Thus, it protects against any damage it may cause. And while fish constitute only 9% of our dietary intake of dioxins and PCBs, high doses of fish oils taken every day, as is often recommended, may raise this percentage significantly and expose us to undesirable levels of these toxins. So to address this, fish oil manufacturers 
use a process. It's called molecular distillation to remove the toxins from the oil. And when it's done correctly, the molecular distillation is capable of reducing the toxins in fish oil to levels considered to be safe by the EPA and other agencies. Although almost any fish oil manufacturer will tell you their product is free of these toxins, independent lab analyses tell a different story. In 2010, a lawsuit was filed in California court against the manufacturers of 10 popular fish oils because they contained undisclosed and possibly unsafe levels of contaminants. Unfortunately, this kind of deception is all too common in the supplement industry. That's why it's essential that you ask for something called a Certificate of Analysis, or a COA, from the manufacturer before you buy the product. A COA is an analysis performed by an independent lab to measure the ingredients of a product and confirm whether it lives up to the claims made by the manufacturer, right? So if the manufacturer won't provide a certificate of authenticity, I start to get suspicious. This is standard practice in the industry and there's no reason they shouldn't be happy to show you theirs. Make sure that the independent lab they use is in fact independent and is preferably accredited sponsored by a government agency, or has a solid reputation in the field. This may seem like unnecessary paranoia, but when it comes to the possibility of ingesting powerful neurotoxins, it pays to do your homework. In general, fish that are lower on the food chain, like sardines and anchovies, naturally have a lower concentration of contaminants. For this reason, it may be wise to look for a product made from these fish. So what, what levels of these toxins are considered safe? As you might imagine, there's some disagreement on this question since there's no single governing body that determines acceptable levels. However, I'll post the standards that are most often followed by fish oil manufacturers and summarize it in the table below. Now, if you recall earlier, I discussed that selenium's protective effect against mercury toxicity. If you are taking larger doses of fish oil and not eating any whole fish, it may be wise to ensure another regular source of selenium. Brazil nuts are by far the highest dietary source, but they are also very high in omega-6s, so watch out. A handful or a snack a day should fish. Freshness, you need to be aware of the dangers of oxidization, right? Rancid oils. They promote oxidative damage and increase inflammation, both of which are risk factors for nearly every modern disease. The more unsaturated a fat is, the more vulnerable it is to oxidation. Long-chain omega-3 fats found in fish oil are the most unsaturated of fats and thus the most susceptible to being damaged. This is why it's absolutely crucial to ensure that the fish oil you select is fresh and not rancid. Once it has gone rancid, it will have the exact opposite effect in your body than you want it to. The first thing to do is to check something called the, per, um, it's, uh, the peroxide value, right? It's on the certificate of analysis. And this is a measure of rancidity reactions in the oil that have occurred during the storage. And it should be less than five mech per kilograms. And if this checks out and you decide to order that product, break open the capsule. And once you receive it, 
There should be no fishy odors. It should smell, they should smell like the ocean, but not like a rotten fish. It should also not have a strong lemon or lime scent, which could be an indicator that the manufacturer is trying to mask the rancidity, right? A common misconception is that you can determine the quality of a fish oil by freezing it. The theory goes that if you freeze the oil and it's cloudy, it's rancid. That's not the case. All fish contain saturated and monounsaturated fatty acids in small amounts. And these fatty acids make the capsules appear cloudy when frozen in products that contain whole fish oil. I've seen an example of this in Vital Choices Wild Salmon Oil. All right, next we got potency. This is another area surrounded by significant controversy. Some argue that the levels of individual constituents in fish oil aren't paramount. Scientists discovered the healthful effects by omega-3s by studying people with fish-heavy diets before supplemental fish oil even existed. And I believe these human studies are five higher in quality than rats and mice. Clinical trials using supplemental fish oils over the past few decades have contained widely variable levels of both long-chain omega-3 derivatives, your EPA and your DHA, and not super high concentrations of either or both. However, due to the poor conversion of ALA to EPA and DHA, unless you are eating fish, it is very likely you are deficient in long-chain omega-3s. Following this line of reasoning, the DHA content, in particular of fish and fish oils, does seem important if we wish to obtain the best possible therapeutic effect. Many recent studies demonstrated the anti-inflammatory potential of fish oil used at daily doses of DHA in the range of 1 to 3 grams. What's more, foods like salmon roe that have been prized by traditional cultures for their nourishing and healing effects contain large amounts of DHA. A single six ounce serving of salmon roe contains one gram of DHA. In fact, this would be the best way by far for supplementing with DHA if money were no object. Unfortunately, wild salmon roe goes for about 28 bucks per serving, and the suggested DHA dose would of course depend upon the condition being treated. So if you have a chronic inflammatory condition like a heart disease, arthritis, Crohn's, or ulcerative colitis, for example, I would suggest taking between one and two grams per day. And if you're taking it simply for health maintenance, 500 milligrams is probably sufficient. Unfortunately, many fish oils do not have significant amounts of DHA. This means you'd, you'd have to take a, a, a practically high number of capsules each day to obtain the therapeutic dosage. This is not desirable since all the unsaturated oils, including fish oils, are subject to the oxidative damage. We don't want to take large quantities of them for this reason. Remember, check the label and ensure that your product has approximately 200 to 300 milligrams of DHA per capsule. This will allow you to achieve the therapeutic dose by taking no more than three capsules twice a day. Nutrients. All fish oils contain some amount of EPA and DHA, the long chain omega-3 derivatives, that provide the majority of the anti-inflammatory benefits, right? We've seen that in studies. However, fish liver oils from cod, skate, or shark contain significant amounts of vitamin A and vitamin D in addition to the EPA and DHA. Vitamins A and D are fat-soluble nutrients that are crucial to human health. Vitamin D in particular 
It's difficult to obtain from commonly eaten foods, especially now that eating seafood carries a much higher risk of contamination with toxins. Fermented cod liver oil is even more beneficial because it contains vitamin K2. Vitamin K2 has been called the missing nutrient because it was only recently discovered and many people are deficient in it. It's been commonly believed that the benefits of vitamin K are limited to its role in blood clotting. Another popular misconception is that vitamin, vitamins K1 and vitamins K2 are simply different forms of the same vitamin with the same physiological functions. But new evidence, however, has confirmed that the vitamin K2's role in the body extends far beyond blood clotting to include protecting us from heart disease and ensuring healthy skin, forming strong bones, promoting brain function, supporting growth and development, and helping to prevent cancer, just to name, just to name a few. So for this reason, during pregnancy, if you're not getting enough K2 from your food, I recommended getting the fermented cod liver oil, you know, but the cod liver oil was traditionally processed by fermentation, which is likely to make it more absorbable and bioavailable. So processing by fermentation also avoids the use of heat, which can damage the fragile fatty acids and cause fish oils to go rancid. Bioavailability, the ability to absorb the beneficial components of fish oil is based on the molecular shape of the fatty acids. So in short, the more natural the structure and the less it is chemically altered, the better. Now, this is true for any nutrient, of course, and it explains why I'm always in favor of, of obtaining nutrients from food or whole food, right? Or food-based sources when possible. So each additional step in processing from the natural state of a food to extract or isolate nutrients produces the potential of damaging the nutrient or changing its chemical form so that it's more difficult to absorb or affects the body in a different way, right? When it comes to fish oils, there are three forms currently available on the market. Number one is the natural triglyceride oil. This is what you get when you squeeze the whole fish and you extract the natural oil from it. It is the closest thing to eating, the, uh, it is closest thing to fish in a form of an oil because it's a natural form and it's highly bioavailable. But the drawback of this form is that because it's not concentrated, it can have low levels of EPA and DHA and because it isn't purified, it can have higher level of contaminants such as heavy metals and PCBs and dioxins. Number two is the ethyl ester oil. It occurs when the natural triglyceride oil is concentrated and molecularly distilled to remove the impurities. And the ester form is still in a semi-natural state because it is the result of a process that naturally occurs in the body. So the advantage to this form is that it can double, even triple the levels of the EPA and the DHA. And three, the synthetic triglyceride oil. This form occurs when the natural triglycerides are converted to an ethyl ester for concentration, as I described earlier, but then reconverted into the, synth the, the synthetic triglycerides. In the original position of the triglycerides, carbon bonds change, and the molecule's overall structure is altered, which impacts the viability of the oil. Now, studies on absorption of the various types of fish oil suggest that, unsurprisingly, the natural triglyceride form is absorbed better than the ethyl ester form, which in turn is absorbed better than the synthetic triglyceride form. 
Why is it unsurprising to me? Because the natural triglyceride form is what our biology has recognized for a millennium. The other forms are not, including krill oil, which we'll get to. Our DNA doesn't know what to do with it. In one study by Lawson and Hughes, way back in 1988, they showed that one gram of EPA and 0.67 grams of DHA as natural triglycerides were absorbed three times better as well as the, the ethyl ester triglycerides. And that the fish oils are better absorbed when taken with a high-fat meal. Another study by the same authors a year later, they show that the absorption of the EPA and the DHA from natural triglycerides improved from 69% with a low-fat meal to 90% with a high-fat meal. So the absorption of both the EPA and the DHA from ethyl ester oils was only increased from 20% with the low to a 60% with a high-fat meal. And like I already said, Eat fat and get thin, right? I always say that. Eat fat and get thin. What about krill oil? In addition to the three types of fish oil listed above, there's another type of oil that provides EPA and DHA, which is krill oil. And I feel krill oil is highly controversial and do not recommend it at this time. Krill oil is extracted from Antarctic krill. It's a zooplankton uh, uh, crustacean rich in phospholipids carrying EPA and DHA. But krill oil also contains various potent antioxidants, and which we do not fully understand what happens when humans consume them. They do include vitamins A and E, but as a rule of thumb, humans would never consume krill because krill is toxic to human consumption. It would kill you. Its exoskeleton is poisonous to us. Yes, there are scientific bypasses that can be done, but krill in the form of phospholipids is not the type of omega-3 that humans naturally consume. We consume the natural triglyceride form that I mentioned earlier. You see, we get that form after the seal or the whale or other sea creatures that that feed on krill consume the krill in their particular digestion along with their microbiome, their cofactors and enzymes within their digestive juices convert the phospholipid form into a natural triglyceride form that humans can absorb and utilize safely. But to be fair, let me examine what the science has found about krill, because I know there are many of you who have experts pushing these products, and even experts that I respect, right? I still won't recommend it at this time. Krill, I will not recommend. At any rate, krill oil has a unique biomolecular profile that distinguishes it from other fish oils. While the EPA and the DHA in fish oils come in the form of triglycerides, the EPA and the DHA is already incorporated into the phospholipids, which facilitates the passage of the fatty acids through the intestinal wall. The theory here is that they claim it increases the bioavailability of the EPA in DHA and therefore improves absorption and assimilation. And one study did demonstrate that the essential fatty acids in the form of phospholipids were superior to the essential fatty acids as triglycerides in significantly increasing the phospholipid concentrations of the EPA in DHA in mice. Again, this is a low quality study because it ain't human. To be fair, in a human study where we need the triglyceride form, remember that. Bunia and team of researchers compared the effect of krill oil and fish oil on blood lipids, specifically total cholesterol, triglycerides, LDL, and HDL. Thus, in this study, krill oil led to a significant greater improvement in blood lipids compared to fish oil, 
It's just this study was created and funded by a krill oil supplier. And so far, it is the only study that suggests krill oil benefited cardiovascular health. There is also unpublished research suggesting that 300 milligrams per day of krill oil reduces biochemical and subjective measures of inflammation and improves joint function and mobility in patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Now wait. However, as this research is not published or peer-reviewed and was sponsored by another krill oil company, it was called Neptune Technologies, right? The manufacturer of Neptune krill oil. Now I'm cautious about interpreting its results. And by the way, because the fact that consuming krill breaks our ecological and biological laws, krill is more expensive because the need for immediate harvest to prevent spoilage is there. Krill is also sensitive to the degradation and processing that's more complex in fish oil, so it could be destroyed in your bottle before you even consume it. Also, the fact is, the latest systematic review, this is the highest quality study available, in 2017 found that the lipid modifying agent, what I call the krill form omega 3, is inconclusive. There is no significant doses between EPA and DHA and blood plasma levels. Finally, krill is the keystone source for sea life. What will happen if we rid it from our ocean for our expensive supplements? So what does all this information about uh, bioavailability tell us anyway? It tells us, number one, taking fish oil capsules with a high-fat meal is essential to improve absorption of EPA and DHA. Number two, even when taken with a high-fat meal, natural triglyceride oils are the best. Number three, the claim that krill oil appears to significantly improve blood levels when compared to fish oil. Their theories, because of its unique phospholipid structure, I theorize may be poisonous in the long term because we are not seals and whales and lack the digestive capabilities to absorb the proper forms for nutrition utilization and proper tissue absorption for human beings. Sustainability. The sustainability of fish oil production is difficult to gauge. Some oils are produced as a byproduct of fish harvesting and manufacturers claim that they are simply making use of something that would normally be discarded. While this is certainly better than harvesting fish solely for their oil, it still supports harmful fishing practices. The safest bet is to only use fish oil that is made from fish that are certified by the MSF or a similar organization, such as the Environmental Defense Fund. Vital Choice Wild Salmon Oil is one example, as is Gerald Max DHA, which is made from anchovies and sardines, both of which are generally regarded as safe to eat from an environmental standpoint. Right, this is just a couple examples at this time. Now the costs and recommendations are difficult because they are always changing. Also, uh, I have no affiliation with any companies that I've mentioned or that I recommend. I simply recommend products based on my personal research and you can be sure that the products I do recommend are sound based on much of what we covered in this video. So until next time, lighten up, move better, and live fuller.